Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. It is Friday, great weekend ahead of us. Look forward to being with my family, being in church, enjoying this great spring Indiana weather. Today we are going to talk about truth that can transcend time, lessons from the past that can seem like prophecies today. We're going to be looking at a few nuggets from the great, and I mean great, C.S. Lewis. So many of his books, especially Mere Christianity, one of the first books I read when I began a spiritual journey years ago. You could, you could read that thing once a year and every single time learn way more than just one new thing that you had overlooked before. It's almost 70 years old now. Mere Christianity was published in 1952. We're going to talk about three quotes from that book today. Signs of the Times. Truths that transcend. Here's the first one. Each day we are becoming a creature of splendid glory or one of unthinkable horror. You're either moving forward or you're moving backward. You know why you can't stand still? You know why the status quo never remains the status quo? Because there's so many other factors in our life that we cannot control. Getting older the weather, viruses, other people, our families, can't control it. So if you're not focused on moving forward, you're going to move backwards. And sometimes even focused on moving forward, you still move backwards. Well, our soul, our morality is the same way. If we aren't constantly focused following God, following Christ, you're not. And the opposite of not is, as C.S. Lewis says, unthinkable horror, becoming that which we fear, becoming that which we never want to admit we could become. But as darkness is always disguised by light, you got to be careful that if you're not focused on that splendid glory. And what's he talking about when he says that splendid glory? That light that shines forever. That spirit that never dies. That meaning and purpose that God has set for each of us. You stop focusing on that. You stop ordering your life by that. You're only going in one other direction. Second quote. No man knows how bad he is till he has tried very hard to be good. Focus on just being good and you'll understand sin. Ask yourself, if I was good, what would I do today? How early would I get up? How would I treat people? What would be important to me? And then try to do it. And then when you find that difficult, when you find the most obvious thing in the world difficult, you will understand sin. You know, when I'm talking to somebody 
whether it's a serious conversation or a serious or a um a not serious conversation just offhanded and they say something like church makes me feel guilty the second i hear that i go they don't get it they don't get it it's supposed to make you feel guilty <laughs> if you don't feel guilty you don't understand sin okay and and usually what i find is that type of person is not trying to be good they're just trying to not feel bad <laughs> about being bad and there's a difference and i'm going to go back to the first quote all these quotes today kind of fit together you're either becoming a creature of splendid glory or one of unthinkable horror a creature of unthinkable horror is always making excuses is always trying to feel okay about their guilt, is always wanting someone to go, don't make me feel guilty. A creature of splendid glory glory uses their guilt to focus on the good, to be good in how we treat each other, on how we pursue God. I mentioned this before, and it's true. I remember when we had our first child, and I'm overwhelmed in the moment. And I said, you know, if all we do is teach them to be good, we've done something. And as we've raised our kids, man, that is hard. You know, you, you, you want to teach them not to live in fear when you're fearful. You want to teach them to not get angry when you get angry. You want to teach them to be hard workers when you want to be lazy. Man, it's hard. Because looking at those children and going, I want them to be good, to do it right, you got to look in the mirror. But it's worth it. It's worth it. And ultimately, you will not understand repentance. You will not understand sin. You will not understand guilt, the good kind of guilt, by the way. Now, there's obviously guilt people carry. They shouldn't. But the guilt I'm talking about, the things we do that we know are wrong or the things that we don't do that we know are right, when you try to be good, you recognize those. And you're able to get a little bit closer to the splendid glory that we were created for. And then my last quote from Mere Christianity, especially prophetic in our age today, <clears throat> C.S. Lewis says, when we Christians behave badly or fail to behave well, we are making Christianity unbelievable to the outside world. Man, if your faith doesn't transform you, what does that say to other people? If your church tries so hard to be cool and hip, that it looks just like a pale reflection of something in the secular world with Jesus written on it, what does that say and what is the point? I mean, that's one of my pet peeves with modern churches. You know, they're they're trying to be all hip and cool and they end up being six flags over Jesus. You know where most modern, secular type you know, mega churches, and I call them that. They really are. You know, you go to a mega church and you're greeted by a computer screen and, you know, there's a rock band on the stage. That's secular. Trust me. Now, you know where those mega churches get most of their members from? Are they saving souls? Are they converting people that weren't Christians? No. You know what they're doing? They're, they're getting 
people from other churches, smaller churches. And then typically, you know where a lot of those people end up? Not in church, especially the super big ones. They funnel so many people in and out, and that's usually the last stop for a lot of them. Now, you go to one of those churches, man, I know, you do a lot of good. You do, but you could do better. You could show people the depth of Christianity, what it means to pray, what it means to get down on your knees and face your sins and change, what repentance means. I mean, did Christ die on the cross so we could sing praise songs and drive BMWs? I don't think so. You know, did, did Christ die on the cross so we could build $50 million churches and pack them with people and half your congregation doesn't know the other half and the pastors are so busy you have pastors to see the people and then the pastors to preach and no one gets to see them? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Christ died on the cross because we're sinners. Because we're people that when we try to do good, we find out that it's hard because we have sin within us that's doing everything it can to make us selfish, that's doing everything it can to make us do the wrong things, that's doing everything it can to lead us to the unthinkable horror, not the splendid glory. And why is all this so prophetic? Because in our world today, arguably, it's never been harder. It's never been harder to be a Christian. I read this book once from a monk from Mount Athos, and he said it's harder to be a Christian today than it was during the persecutions of the Christians in the early centuries. And the reason is, it's the world we live in. It's, it's the lies that churches tell. It's the lies that Christians tell. It's all the people that don't live their faith. It's the seductive nature of our civilization. It's so easy to have a faith when you, where you're not really yearning for the splendid glory. You're looking for someone to say, you're okay. You're good. God loves you. It's all right. You're looking for someone to make it okay to keep making the decisions you're making, to keep sliding down that path to the unthinkable whore, feeling like you're heading towards the light when really you're heading towards oblivion and you're no different than anybody else. Try to be good. Understand how hard that is. Allow that to let you get down on your knees and say, God, show me the way. Go to a church that has deep spirituality. I wrote a blog post on this once. I should probably revisit it in one of these. I think I will. But the whole point of the post was, where should I go to church? And, and, and really, I, I broke my advice down to one thing, where you find humility. If you walk into church... And what you find is the opposite of humility. You find something saying, look at us. Look how cool we are. Leave. Leave. That will lead you to a bad place. That will lead you to where you don't want to go. You might not even know you're there. I mean, think about it. The angels, the devil, they're totally convinced they're right. They're totally convinced they're where they need to be. 
They made a choice. But you find a place, a church with humility where people pray, where they get down on their knees, where they live their faith, where they help the poor. They go to the prisons. They feed the sick, the hungry. You find a place like that, you'll know you're in the right place. And then when you just try to be good, when you try to overcome your sin, when you ask God to help you, and it helps you do that, it encourages that, you'll know you're in the right place. You'll know you're on the right track. You'll know that you are on your way to being truly a creature of the splendid glory. Thank you, C.S. Lewis, for so many wise words. So much truth that was true then and is true today. So I hope this weekend you will find an opportunity to take steps along that road to the splendid glory. I'm going to try to do that with my family, with my friends, at church on Sunday, praying, just saying to myself, be good, be good, face your sin, keep trying to overcome it, never think you're all the way there, you'll start going backwards to a place you don't want to be, just one step at a time, one prayer at a time, one service at a time, one hug at a time, one I'm sorry at a time. One, God, bring me to where I need to be at a time. It's the only way to live. It's what the Pilgrim's Odyssey is about. The Pilgrim's Odyssey is a journey towards the splendid glory. So until next time, my friends, you better aim high and spread your wings and keep your eyes on the things that matter, the things that lead to the splendid glory. I'm your host, Silouan. As always, peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N, Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.